Well, thank you again, Ron and Carol, for everything you guys do. Can we give them just another round of applause? Just, ma'am. As Pastor Jim said, they are so invaluable part of the, the church. So, again, it is so wonderful to serve alongside you guys. Well, it is so, so, so good to be worshiping here on site. It is great to be worshiping together online. And even for those of us who are joining in later on demand, it is good to worship together. If uh, you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Del Gallo. I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. If you are a guest here, maybe you're showing up for the first time, maybe you're viewing in for the first time, or maybe you've been uh, checking in with us for a few weeks. Either way, we are so, so thrilled to have you a part of uh, this, uh, joining us in worship today. And actually, I want to encourage you if you're here on site, I want to encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you and pull out the blue card that says connection card on it. Go ahead and fill out uh, your information. And at the end of the service, you can turn it into the offering box as you leave. And for those of you who are online or uh, uh, watching later on demand, you can also go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest. Now, whether you turn in a connection card either online or in person, two things will happen. The first thing is I would love to be able to personally follow up with you and just say thank you for joining in. And two, we would uh, love to make a $5 anonymous donation to Feed My Starving Children. And this is just a way that we can celebrate together of you joining in with us because we love it when guests join in and worship with us on the weekend. So look forward to getting that connection card from you and connecting with you and seeing who we uh, and donation donating on your behalf. Well, our vision here at Faithbrook is to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And the truth of the fact is, is that we cannot do this as a church if it was just the staff. If the staff just did this, there's no way we could fulfill this vision. But in fact, it is because of people like you and volunteers who make this vision happen and make it a reality. So I just want to take a moment just to thank everyone who is a volunteer and gives their time to help serve because you really make things happen around here. So a big, big thank you. In fact, it's because of you that last weekend we were able to baptize three people. We were able to see three baptisms, people who are publicly declaring the private work that God is doing in their heart. And it's because of volunteers, no matter where you're serving, whether that's guest services or kids, the worship production team, every other team, there's maintenance teams, a whole bunch of teams, because of you and what you're doing, you, we are able to see three people baptized. And in fact, spoiler, coming up, we're going to have a few more baptisms coming up as, as well. So it's because of you and your or uh, because of what your faithfulness. So thank you so much. Now, if you're sitting there, if you're sitting here and you're not yet a part of a volunteer team, maybe you're sitting online and watching in and you're not serving yet, I want to encourage you to consider being a part of a team and figuring out what, uh, how you could be a part of a team and really make a difference, really being a part of the church and making the vision a reality because the uh, truth is we would love to have you and we can use you. So the best place to sign up is going to the Church Center app. You can download this on your app store and it's just a few couple, uh, few steps just to get uh, get everything plugged in and ready to go and once you get there you can go down to the bottom right hand corner of the screen and when you click on more then you can see volunteering click on that and then you can see the different areas in which to serve if you can't find a place or maybe you have some questions you can always reach out to me and I would love to help you find a place to get plugged in and be a part of the teams here at Faithbrook to really make a difference in seeing the vision of reality. Well, today we are continuing our series called Summer on the Mount, and let's go ahead and welcome out in just a few moments uh, and welcome back our lead pastor as he's back to the pulpit and preaching. So let's welcome Jim Comfort in just a few moments. 
The St. Louis Dispatch headline said it this way. A man went downtown to go to the gym and a hole ate his car. <laughs> well, you've probably seen something like this. This is a sinkhole. Have you heard about these phenomenons that happen? Man, everything looks great on the, uh, the outside and the, on the surface, but below the surface, something is going on. It's getting loose and insecure. And before you know it, something just collapses and eats some things. Could be homes, the people, the cars, these sinkholes. This kind of reminds of me of myself uh, in the 90s. On the surface, above ground, man, my life looked pretty good. I was a young pastor. I had a young family. Uh, boy, I was pretty sharp, had my suit and tie on. I was taking advantage of every opportunity socially and professionally and recreationally, just going and blowing, and, and wow, did I look good. But below the surface, there was a little bit of erosion. There were some, some questions and some doubts. There would be these waves of insecurities and questions. Sometimes there would be temptations of fear and overwhelmingness or lust or anger that were coming for me to take me down in a sinkhole way. You ever had these feelings before? Maybe your friends and family think on the surface things are looking good, but below the surface there's something that's not healthy. There's something that is plaguing you and hurting. Well, I want to welcome you again as we continue to journey in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. At Faithbrook here, we're calling it uh, Summer on the Mount. We're trying to learn how to follow Christ in an authentic, real way. Thanks for viewing us. Thanks for coming this morning and worshiping. We're finding out in this sermon that uh, Jesus is pretty intense. Jesus is kind of raising the bar. So the historical setting is that he's kind of new on the scene and word is getting out. He's pretty popular. Man, he can, he's teaching. He's, a lot of miracles are happening. Some people are like, hey, this guy's got a chance to help us overthrow the Romans. Let's follow him. And so now he's got this popularity he's following him. Well, he, he comes to the city of Capernaum and he's on this, this, this hillside and he sits everyone down. And he says, okay, let's, let, here's the deal, friends. If you want to follow me, this is where we're going. And he usually would touch every subject like this. You have heard it said. In other words, okay, most of you are Jewish people. You grew up under uh, Judeo, uh, the Judeo religion. You've heard the local priest down at the local synagogue. Your parents taught you. This is kind of how we go with our traditions, our religion, our faith right here. But I tell you, in other words, I'm, I'm reformatting what I'm really looking for. And he's going to be setting the bar a little bit higher because what Jesus is looking for is not so much by religion or our traditions or what our parents taught us, but he wants a deeper, genuine faith that is connected to him. And so he's teaching through these things and he's hitting some subjects pretty hard and raising the bar. Now we turn the page to chapter six. If you want to follow along in the beginning of chapter six, he says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. In other words, hey, look at how good and godly I am, man. I love God. I am so holy. I'm so kind. I'm so diligent. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. He goes to another subject. He says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with 
trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets and be honored by others. Wow, look how generous I am. I'm so compassionate. Honey, let's get the checkbook. Everyone see how generous we are. And oh, how care. Everybody see that, right? Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, we see this word secret, what is done in secret. The original meaning there is something that is hidden. That something is concealed. Uh, the public people around you are not seeing what's going on. So what is Christ trying to emphasize here? He's not saying, hey, I'm really wanting to reward what what the public sees or what's above the surface, the outer. What I'm really interested in is, is in the interior, the underneath the surface. You know, a lot of times we like the accolades. We like the, the fame and the notoriety and what people see above the surface. But it seems like what Jesus is going here, where he wants to reward, what's important to Jesus is what's done in secret. It's more below the surface. It's, it's the interior, the, 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 the heart, the soul, the mind. Giving to the needy is important, but it shouldn't be done for show. If we're going to give in charity and to the needy, it should come from the soul. Well, my friends, how often does the world encourage us to develop beneath the surface? How often does the world say, you know, what's really important is your thoughts, aligning your thoughts, your emotions, your spirit, your soul. Hey, that, that's not really flashy. Uh, that's nothing, something that you post on social media. Hey, I took some time in solitude to think about my interior. Who cares, right? We, we, we want to be how much we accomplished and how, thing, how we look. Like I said, in the 90s, I was going pretty fast. I, I thought I kind of had my act together on the outside, but I knew secretly there were, some, there were some loose and scary things underneath in my thoughts and my mind and my soul. And then someone introduced me to this book written by Gordon MacDonald called Ordering Your Private World. What, what did that mean, ordering your private world? You're talking about places where people can't see your, your own public little, your private little thoughts, your mentality, your, your spirituality. You know, I started thinking about it. You know, I, I went to um, years of, of, of education, went to Bible college, and man, those professors said, man, comfort, you better make sure that your theology is straight, you better know how to do pastoral practices, you better have your ethics together, right? And, uh, but nobody taught me, hey, there's going to be some waves of anxiety, there's going to be some waves of, of hurt and frustration, and nobody taught me, what do you do with these emotions? What do you do with these thoughts that can plague? And before you know, we're vulnerable to emotional, mental, spiritual sinkholes in our life. Well, I dove into this book, and, and he talked about just cultivating the soul. And one of the first places in this book, he, he introduces this, this um, what he calls sinkhome syndrome. And he explains that these physical sinkholes are created because there's an underwater stream. 
there, there's a flow that people don't see, and it's just little by little bit, it's eroding the, the substance underneath the surface, and then all of a sudden there can be a drought, and, and the, the liquid that's nurturing and cultivating, keeping it all together, kind of dries out and goes away, and ne- next thing you know, it's brittle, it's flaky, it get, becomes hollow, and all of a sudden there's a sudden collapse. And I thought, wow. That could happen to me. Maybe it could happen to you. Things look good, going well, but below the surface, there is some streams of erosion, of just anxiety and stress. Maybe just confusion, doubt, hurt, sadness, anger that just keeps eroding underneath in our thoughts, in our soul, and in our mind. Now, Jesus, he's the Abba Father, my friends. He knows you. He knows us. He knows all society. And so he's wanting to put the spotlight on the secret places below the surface, the private places in our life. And he wants us to develop these hidden, concealed, uh, centered areas in our life. This is where we get our values. This is where we make our decisions. This is where we deal with our emotions and our thoughts. And he says, if you go there, if you uh, work on the inter area, I'm going to reward that. So he goes to the third subject and it's about prayer. And he says this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Woo, man, they, they must be special. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, you go into your room, you close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Here we go. He keeps talking about it's more important for the interior, not the exterior, not the public, not above service, but the underground where our real thoughts, our emotions, our fears, our, our, our thoughts are invested in. You know, a lot of times we rarely go there. We're, we're just like, man, we need to pay bills. We need to mow the grass. We need to take care of our kids. We need to see what's on TV or check our, our texts and all this kind of stuff. We rarely go to the secret places of our life and our thoughts. Now, in this last couple of weeks, everyone's been focused on the Olympics in Tokyo. And one of the big stories coming out of the Olympic stories was Simone Biles. Simone Biles, she was the all that gymnast, right? She was going to win it all. It looked great. And all of a sudden, when she got there, something snapped. Something wasn't right. And she withdrew from the competition. What's going on with Simone Little bit by little bit, she's like, man, something mentally, something beneath the surface wasn't right, and I don't feel safe, and I'm just going to bow out right here because there's some what we might call a a sinkhole happening in her life right in the Olympics. We were all kind of shocked. Now people is focusing on the interior, what's below the surface, what's happening in our minds and our thoughts and our emotions, right? So the next day, I was listening to WCCU radio, and they had a therapist named Carrie Bates. She is a therapist at the Betty Ford uh, Clinic, Hazeltine. And uh, she was a three-time gold medalist herself, and now she's a therapist helping people with their interiors, people with their addictions, people with their issues out there. And so they're interviewing her, and and she said that these high-profile athletes, they got some weight to carry. 
she says there's a lot of pressure and expectations on these athletes. However, when the, the crowds are gone and the headlines go away, these athletes are left with their own thoughts. There can be emptiness, uh, battles of doubts, uh, asking about their purpose and their identity. She noted that the highs can go to athletes' heads, but the lows can go to their stomachs. Oh, well, could it be that a lot of times we just live in a very superficial society? What gets promoted and what gets a lot of likes and what gets a lot of tags is your accomplishments. What's the last thrilling, fun, cool thing that you have done and you can post that and look at me and it's all about the exterior. Right? Jesus is like, I know the secret. What you really need is the interior, the private world. And a lot of times our private world is not in order. Our thoughts are not stable. Our emotions are not stable. And there they are circling around, vulnerable to emotional, mental, spiritual sinkholes. Boy, it's so easy to get caught up in the rat race of our world, man. I mean, there's just so many options, so many things to go. And we're rushing around. Kids are screaming. we got to get that text and that email. We're rushing out the door. We, we go to work. And we realize that our, our zipper's down and we're embarrassed. And someone's like, you got two different socks on. Uh, you're snapping at coworkers, right? You get a text from your spouse that says, hey, did you remember to pick up the kids? And you're like, oh, my goodness, right? We're just swirling around, but we'd never slow down enough to say, hey, let's get centered. Let's get focused. What's really stable in my mind, in my thoughts? And here is the Lord Jesus. He knows this. He's like, okay, boys and girls, I'm going to give you a tool. I'm going to give you a gift. It's called what we call the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is going to help you get centered. It's going to help you get stabilized. It's going to be your anchor. It's going to nurture your thoughts, the truths, your soul to take on life. And so it says this, this then is how you should pray, he said. He just pops out, this is how you should pray. Now, most of us know this is the Lord's Prayer, so I'm going to invite you, if you are comfortable enough, to say it out loud. Maybe if you're by yourself in your home or someplace, you can just speak it out loud. Let's read this together. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us us daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Good. Now, Jesus knew that we are in a life of distractions, right? And we would need a gift, a tool to help us order our private world, to deal with the Underneath the below the surface thoughts and emotions in our spirit life. Now, Jesus modeled this. So, Mark accounts in his first chapters that Jesus would get up early in the morning and he would drift off into a solitary place to be in prayer, to sync up, to align his life with his Father. Jesus was all God, he was all human. He also had emotions, he had great demands, he had great expectations. And here's a man that's like, you know, I got a full day. I don't know what's going to happen. Things are pretty intense out there. So what's he do? He says, man, I got to deal with the interior. I got to get to the secret place. I got to get to the hidden place. And early in the morning, he would order his private world. He would nurture his soul. He would have conversations, vertical conversations with his God. And then when he came out of his solitaire, he'd be ready 
He was there. He was healthy. He was whole to take on the world. So he, he gives us this outline. Now, if you're looking for some place how to center or, or some coping mechanisms to, to deal with life and the pressures in your interior, here's what, what I would encourage you. He starts with our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Now, the word hallowed means holy your name. Now, this is the first component that really we're getting off ourself. All right. We, we were pivoting and saying, you know, I'm going to focus on this holy God. We just did that a couple of minutes ago in our, in our worship. God, it's all about you. You're so holy. You know, we kind of picture in our mind, you're sitting maybe on the right hand of the throne, interceding for us. For me, you know, I'm picturing uh, the, the sacrifice on the cross and the agony. We're picturing a, a, a resurrected Christ, right? You're, you're loving people. You're, we're just focusing on God. This is where we worship. And for me, this is where I take time to thank God too. God, thank you for the blessing. Thank you for my health, my family. Thank you for saving me and, and protecting. And thank you for providing. This is where we can just have the blessings of gratitude and thanksgiving and worship. You can just see the therapeutic um, novelty and the ways they can touch our life. And then he goes to the next section, says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in heaven. Okay, this is where we're like, okay, I've, I've kind of read the word. I know what you're looking for in my life and what you're looking for in our community. And, and so, God, I'm praying that your will be done. All right? This is where we intercede a lot of times. There's people we know that are sick and hurting. We need some help here. And so, God, your, your will be done. My friend, my job, my community, my church, my, my country, God, your will be done. We're interceding. We're focusing on others. Now, the third part, it comes to us. Okay, so I got a big day coming up. There's stuff happening. Give us this day our daily bread. All right, just get me through the day, God. All right, help me in that meeting. Help me with that teacher conference, right? Help me when I go to my doctor's appointment. Help me uh, deal with the pressures and stress of whatever my employer is, is asking me to do. God, give me my, my daily bread, all right? It, it's okay to be praying for yourself and, and, and dealing with your components in your life. Now, he gets a little bit deeper when he says, and forgive us our debts. All right, so we're dealing with ourselves now. Now, God, th th this is where we're kind of going into the interior more. We're asking to be aware of ourselves. God, is there some things that did not please you, right? Man, um, I, I snapped at my kids. I, I, maybe I wasn't generous in, in certain ways, God, and I'm asking you to, to um, redeem that. It's, it's healthy to confess, to, con to repent. We know Hebrews 12 says we need to throw off anything that hinders us, the sin that can easily entangle us. But we got to take time to look inward and be aware of ourselves and be honest with ourselves. What is the, the inner work I need to do? Not only to forgive ourselves, but then he goes farther and says, and also have forgiven our debtors. Oh, yeah, I've noticed it's really easy, man, to just let some hurt, some disappointment just kind of be swirling in the back of our mind. We got a smile on our face. We're, we're enjoying life to some degree, but below the surface, that's bugging me. That person, what they did or didn't do, that's bothering me. And Christ is, is offering us, encouraging us to deal with that. 
to let it go, to release it. In fact, Jesus is, is so focused on letting go and forgiving, forgiveness that two verses later, he brings this up. For if you give, forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, you hang on to that. Wow. Your father will not forgive your sins. That's a big deal. Why would that be such a big deal? Because he knows that can erode us. That knows that it can rob our joy because we're upset, we're, we're offended, we're, we're carrying that, right? Because forgiveness is so important to our spiritual and emotional health. Pastor Mike last week talked about Jesus really kind of bringing it up again when he said, love your enemies, we're like, love my enemies. Do you know who they are and what they've done? Love them. And then Jesus said, you need to live like me. You live, need to live perfect. In other words, you've got to mature. And I would submit to you that it is hard to forgive things. It is hard to let go of things on our own. That's right. That's why we need God. I said, God, you've got to do a miracle in my life. You've got to do the work to help release it, that I trust you with it that you can heal me, that, that, that you, you can make me whole. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. You know that person. You know what happened in the past. I want to live free. I'm going to live whole in you. Forgive our debtors. It's so important, but it's the interior secret things that God wants to reward. God wants to heal. God wants to work on. And then he kind of wraps it up when he talks about um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All oh, temptations. How many temptations are out there? I would declare that a lot of times our temptations are different. Your temptations are probably different from my temptations. Most times you don't know my temptations, right? But we all have temptations because the evil one wants to undermine. They want us to fall in. He wants us to fall into sinkholes, right? So there will be waves of different things that attempt us. Oh, right. And if we don't take time to think about that and say, okay, what am I vulnerable to? When am I vulnerable to? I know that this is what can get me. God, help me with these temptations. I need your, we're doing inner, interior, soul work, emotional work in our life. Man, uh, I, I subscribe to a couple of these Christendom, I don't know what you call them, newsletters or headliners uh, every couple of times a week. There'll be an email. I said, what? This is what's going on in Christendom in America, right? And I bet you every week, if not every other week, there's some headline where there's a moral failure of some spiritual leader, some pastor stuff. And I'm just like looking at that gawking, like, oh, my goodness, that guy was so successful and looked really good. How can you do that? How can you do that? Then I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, what are you talking about, Jim? You could do that, too. Because the pressures and the anxieties and all was swirling and the demonics coming. Oh, I get it. I could fall into that sinkhole, too. And many have. That's why it's so important. Why Jesus said, I want to reward not so much the exterior, the outside appearance, but I want to reward what's on the inside. That's why I want to develop and invest in, in your life. David in Psalms 39 said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Here's King David. Oh, God, search me. Know my anxious thoughts. He had temptations. He had vulnerabilities. But he was smart enough to say, God, we're going to take some time. 
We're going to go there. What's bothering me? What's bugging me? Heal me. Set me free. Let's be honest. Name it. Tame it. Now, so Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to give you this gift. Later on, those people are going to call it the Lord's Prayer. But this gift of the prayer is to cultivate and center your interior thoughts, to line your will with my line, my will, to make you aware of what's happening, uh, to receive uh, forgiveness and receive healing in your heart and your thoughts and your mind, because Jesus knows this. Our private growth is more important than our public appearance. Our private growth is more important than our public appearance. I know that doesn't get a lot of accolades and a lot of praise, but that's what gets God's attention. We're willing to work on our character, you could say, our emotions, our spirit, our soul. The world won't prompt this. Now, the world's starting to realize, man, we got to work on our interior. We got to work on our thoughts and emotions. In fact, there's a lot of counselors out there, uh, even with the Simone Biles thing, people are like, hey, we need some help. More than ever, the world's like, oh, there is issues in the private world. Let's, let's make sure we exercise and eat right. And people are like, hey, we need to get centered with yoga. We need to have positive thinking. We need to go see a counselor and therapist. And, you know, these are all good. These are wonderful tools. I'm so happy that there's some people out there that can help us with our emotions. Maybe even there's some medicines that we need. Okay. But this is what I've discovered in our world. Nobody talks about the God element. Okay. Everybody talks about these different tools and therapists can help, and they can help, but only to a measure. Because if the Bible's true, follow me here, if it's true that God created us as in his image, in other words, we're not only physical, intellectual, emotional, but we're spiritual. And most of the time, people are working on these other three or four, but they never deal with the God element in our life. And I would submit to you that a lot of times there's a vacuum, there's a hole that's never been solidified through God's relationship. There's like, oh, we can figure it out ourselves, right? And more than ever in America, especially, this is what's plaguing America. We got more anxiety and more fear and more interior mental issues than ever, but yet nobody wants to say, oh, maybe we need that spiritual component of Jesus Christ. And here's what I want to just, I know I'm biased, I get a little bit passionate here, but if you read the word of God, like I do, it's like, oh, God, I got some issues, man. There's some truths, and it's like, oh, this is where I get my identity. Oh, this is where I get my comfort. Oh, this is where I get my strength. And so there's healing, and, and there are principles, and there is love and grace. Oh, I don't have to perform for everybody. I don't have to meet everyone's expectation. I can trust you with the things that disappointed. I can trust you with the hurts. And God, here's my tears. Here's my hopes. Here's my past. You, you're my counselor. You're my therapist. And in my solitary private time of ordering my private word before you know it we can find freedom we can find wholeness it doesn't mean that we're perfect it doesn't mean that we just snap out of it and it's like oh i never have an anxious thought in my world what's your problem right is that every day every moment we can go to the holy spirit who's the paraclete that comes alongside and says jim you, you, you anxious oh yeah <laughs> i gotta talk to that person yeah i'm right here but i got your back oh yeah that's right uh, jesus said calm down Take it easy. My yoke is easy. Slip into my yoke. I'm right next to you, brother. Take it on. Go for it. Oh, wow. All right. But the rest of the world's like, well, you need to read another book, right? And maybe you need to do more exercise. Those are good. But God's like, man, I've built 
a place in your life. And it starts there from the inside, the soul, and then all these other things professionally and outwardly can happen in your life. So private growth is more important than our public appearance. Gordon MacDonald in his book said this, if my private world is in order, it will be because I absorb the words of Christ into my attitudes and actions. If my private world is in order, it's because I've absorbed, I've, I've tried to sync up and let his therapeutic love and grace fill my mind, fill my heart. Before I know it, it's running out in my attitudes, my actions, my everyday life. So if this is something like, hey, I think that's true, I do believe that we need to work on our private growth more than our public appearance. What do I need to do? Well, let me give you three things. Number one is how we do this, we got to make a commitment towards this, okay? Somewhere you can't just like, man, that sounds good and I need that. We got to make it important to us. Uh, I, I appreciate what Gordon McDonald said in his book. He says, a public man, though he is necessarily available at many times, must learn to hide. A public man must be learned to hide because if he's always available, he's not worth enough when he is available. See, if it's just always outward there, it's like, hey, man, come to me. I'm always doors open. You get drained. You get drained. There's nothing there. I mean, personally, through my years, I get up early in the morning. And before, the, well, it used to be the phone ringing and stuff going, right? I, I got to settle in. I got to center in. Get gym comfort together with Jesus Christ. Replenish, renew, be set free. Okay, now. I can go to the meetings. Now I can meet people. Because now I've got something to say, right? God's got my fears, got my anxieties. There's healing and there's wholeness. Okay, I realize that I'm not perfect, but I'm on a journey, God, that's continued and helping me to get more mature and healthy and whole. But we've got to make it a commitment. Second thing is you've got to make time for it, okay? comes down to making time. Now, how many of you uh, think bathing is important? Right? How many of you think brushing your teeth is important? How many of you think coffee is important? Can I get an amen? Right? Okay. Right? I don't know about you, but I have rhythms in my life. Now I'm going to give you some TM, TMI confession right here. Okay? Here, here you go. Ready? So there's two things that I do first time I get out of my bed. Okay? If I get out of my bed, here's the two things I do. Right? I got to take the dog to the back door to let the dog out because the dog's looking at me. Ah, get up. I got to go. Out. Second thing, I'm going over. I'm getting that coffee started. Amen. Right. All right. Why? Because coffee's important. Now I'm going to go to the bathroom, get freshened up, like that stuff, but I need that coffee. Right? Why? It's because it's important. So I'm going to make time to get that coffee maker rolling. I'm going to get time to take a shower. Hopefully that's important to you. Hopefully you put that in your rituals, right? Hopefully brushing your teeth, checking your email, whatever's important to you, hello, you're going to make time for. Amen? We got to make time for our inner world to order that and get synced up with God. We got to find time for that. A lot of times it's just it's that rhythm in our, our life. Could be at night, could be at uh, lunch break that you, you do that. It doesn't mean that we have to do it every day. Don't, don't get all guilt because you haven't touched your inner world for two days. Hey, uh, but we start progressing to try to get into more of a ritual rhythm in our life. Now, number three is find tools for the rhythm. 
Okay, so how many of you have invested in a coffee pot at your house? Uh-huh, or a coffee craft, right? How many of you have uh, invested in a, a toothbrush, right? Because why? It's important to you, right? Now, I don't know about you, but we have moved up at the comfort house. How many of you got the electric thing? Ooh, right? Those things are, there's a game changer right there. Man. Now, you can get a little stick for a toothbrush, right? Those suckers that electrify, man, that do really deep clean, right, are expensive. Well, I, I like deep clean, right? And we had to buy one the other day. I'm like, these things are expensive, right? But, but they're important to us, so let's find the cash. Let's buy one of those things, right? It's important to us. So we're going to find tools. We're going to invest same way in our inner life. So what can help us? Well, one of the things that we promote around here is this version app that can be on our phone. I love that thing because it's always with me. I hit that, and there's Bibles and different translations. You can read it anytime, anywhere, as long as you have your phone. Uh, there's Bible plans. Hey, I'm dealing with anxiety. I'm dealing with um, parenting. I'm dealing with finances. There's Bible plans that coach you, give you a devotional. There's always just the, the scripture of the day. Just the scripture today. You can just read that and say, God, what, what's the truth in there? What can I cultivate out of that? And, and, and what do I need to do to apply to my, just like that. Oh, that's working on the beneath the surface, the interior, the secret places in your life. If, if you don't want to do technology, right? We have um, daily bread, little devotional books. There's always the Lord's Prayer. All right, I don't have a Bible. I don't have a journal. I don't have anything. Well, I'll just go with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All right, your kingdom come, your will be done. Before you know it, there's your tool. There's your rhythm to get aligned with God. Now, it's going to take some time. So where's it going to be in your life? I know many of you are busy. you got kids. When is the time you're going to try to settle down and work on the interior? Can you imagine if we invested in the the secret places in our life? Can you imagine if we were more aware of what's happening internally and spiritually and emotionally and pull those together? Could you imagine just being a little bit more calm, a little bit more present with our families and people around? Because we have taken the time to develop and nurture the interior things of our life. Gordon MacDonald said this, when the interior garden is under cultivation, and God's spirit is present, harvests are regular events. The fruits, things like courage, hope, love, endurance, joy, and a lot of peace. Man, I learned a long time ago, I got to work on my interior. And the more I work on my interior, guess what? The fewer sinkholes are coming my way in my life. So what is your step? What things do you need to change or step into to work on the secret places where Jesus says, that's where I want to reward, okay? Uh, where do you need to rearrange your schedule or may, make a, a note? Is it setting your alarm a little bit earlier to get up? Is it investing in a tool, to, uh, a post-it note to say, man, let's take five minutes to center in, to cultivate because we know private growth is more important than public appearance. I'm going to pray in just a little bit, and, and uh, we're going to sing a song. This, this song is called, um, I Want You to Consume Me. I Want You to Take a Hold of Me from the Inside Out. 
Because Jesus realized that the secret of life is not the exterior, what everybody else sees, it's below the surface. What's happening in our soul and our emotions. And so to love God from the inside out is really what Jesus was speaking about. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift of the Lord's Prayer. It helps us just get formatted a little bit how to pray to you. But more importantly, God, it's really how to align our, our, our self. If there's things that we need to be aware of, God, that is not healthy, that are hurting you, if there are debtors, transgressions that are bugging us, help us to release those. God, if there's vulnerabilities, temptations that are out there lurking, oh God, help us to be smart and wise that we could easily collapse and fall into one of these sinkholes. Thank you, God, that you love us. Thank you for the words that were written that you spoke 2,000 years ago. We, we realize that we all have um, below-the-surface issues. I pray that you would help us learn your goodness, the healing ways, the wholeness of freedom, your grace, your, your Abba fathership that can help us. Help us have the courage to heal and become whole in our private world, in our interior world. Help us to learn your life-giving truths, God, your grace, your love, your hope for us, your parameters. Again, God, we love you. We need you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.